This week on Inside Motorsport, we'll find out more about some Formula One fans, one of which who created a Facebook page that has now got near on 18,000 people enjoying F1 with him. I hope you'll stay with us. Well, joining us on the line now is Anthony Durkin from the F1 Armchair Experts Facebook group. And Anthony, uh, it was a funny meeting we had at the top of the mountain last year for the Bathurst 1000. And many people would know there wasn't too many people on top of the mountain, so it was pretty easy to meet people. Well, Craig, it was a funny coming together of you and I. We just got chatting about the cars were on the circuit at the time, and uh, one thing led to another, and here we are. I think I was trying to find out uh, how many laps in the, or how many minutes in the practice session to go or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was was just some weird random question you asked, but uh, yeah, one thing led to another. And that's when I found out that you're actually the man behind F1 Armchair Experts, which, as I mentioned, has now got an amazing number of uh, members of the Facebook group, and it's basically for people who love Formula One. It is. It's a, it's a group I established nine years ago. Um, it was a suggestion by my wife to uh, do it. So I stopped screaming on the phone talking to two mates in Sydney at the same time. And um, I, I thought of the name. I thought, yeah, I love F1. And I sit in an armchair and I think of an expert. So that's where the name came from. And from the initial two memberships of AJ and Frosty, it's now grown to nearly 18,000. And, and we, we've got members across the world and uh, every you know, race session that's on, we've got a discussion thread that goes live and uh, we discuss the, the action live on on the screen and we just chat away with each other as like one big family. You hail, or you now live in Canawindra in New South Wales. It's uh, remarkable how the ability of the internet, the ability of Facebook in particular, has been able to link people from probably as remote a place as Canawindra in New South Wales all over the world. Yeah, that's, that's right. A lot of people have said, you know, where do you live? And I said, oh, look, I'm you know, about four hours west of Sydney, but I've um, travelled to various races overseas. I've been to Singapore, the States and Mexico. And uh, a few years ago, I was at the Circuit of the Americas and uh, through the group, I was able to meet other members and uh, the nickname I have picked up over time is uh, El Presidente, which was a, a late member who's uh, sadly passed away with cancer a while ago. He gave me that nickname and a few members said, oh, I want to meet El Prez, you know. It was a few fan photos taken in the stands and and uh, just meeting you know group members from across the world of different races has just been a mind-blowing event, especially when I go to Melbourne and, and uh, I do a stand-up video or something and some bloke walks past and goes, oh, I'm in your prayers. It's just, it's, it's a, a funny thing to reflect back on. You you said that you were yelling down the phone to your mates in Sydney. When did you first fall in love with Formula One and, and motorsport in general? I think it was probably in the uh, late 80s. My uh, late mother and grandmother were both passionate about F1 and it was something I always knew as a, as a kid growing up in Sydney. Mum would always start on Sunday night to watch the F1 and, and Dad would say, oh, yeah, you're mad, Pat. I don't know why you watch it. But as a, as a later on, as a child, you know, in early days of high school, I'd stay up with Mum on a Sunday night and she knew I'd start to watch the race with her and um, I'd be a bit tight Monday morning to go to, to high school. But it was just one thing Mum knew that I loved the V8 at the time. I was mad about Bathurst, of course, and 
uh, F1 just became a passion from there, you know, from the late 80s to... Um, and unfortunately, our mates I went through high school with, they were also passionate about it. So for us, it was... Um, yeah, we weren't interested in the rugby league or the soccer or any other sport. It's just F1 was our, our passion, our religion. Who has been the most surprising person that has uh, ticked the uh, join box? Uh, well, we've had Jan Lammers. He's he's a member. Alan uh, AJ Alan Jones, the ex world champion, and also Perry McCarthy, the Black Stig, have, have joined up as members. Um, I've been contacted by Mika Hacklin, of course, and I've uh, spoken to him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've had a lot of you know, ex-drivers from various categories as well. Daryl Beattie and a, a few of the V8 drivers have joined from time to time. And how does it surprise you how active and uh, ferocious the discussions can become? Yeah, it's interesting, on a, especially on a race night, you know, we could get up to one and a half thousand comments. Um, I think we breached two thousand comments in one race thread once, one race night. Uh, but it, it's pretty active, and there's an ongoing joke. I do a roll call at the start, about half an hour before the race, to make sure everyone's dialed in and everyone's there. And we all say hello to each other. But um, it, it can get pretty active. It can get pretty heated. But at the end of the day, we're all passionate about F1 and. Uh, one of the members, Chris Perrin, who's one of the admins that helps me support the group, he's a, a guy in the north northeast of America. And um, for him, he, he struggled to uh, find support for F1 uh, being in America because it's such a you know, NASCAR indie sort of uh, led country. And for Chris, he, he, it was great for him because he, he's an older guy and he was able to reach out to a new family network of F1 fans across the world to, you know, talk about F1 when the race is on, and that, that, that for him has been a real um, a real lifeline as such. Mm. And we now have a situation where there's a genuine battle for the world championship, and our own Aussie is starting to find some form with Daniel Ricciardo taking the win on the weekend. Yeah, I, I look back at that email of race, and I think, wow, you, you, you couldn't have written a script for what happened, you know, Dan Rick was, uh, through Bodass's attrition, was put onto the front row. Um, and I think Dan's really, in the, the the mid-season break, found his mojo again to say, right, I'm settled in the car. Because Norris has really sharpened his pencil and said, look, Dan, this is the way you drive the car. And he's showed him up a bit with a few podiums in Austria and, and other races. But I think Dan's found his mojo and he's... Um, He's come back to form as such, but I think it's interesting the battle between Verstappen and Hamilton. They're two massive names, two massive drivers. I mean, Hamilton's got seven titles, and Yoss, uh, not Max's, you know, Yoss's son, he's got a, a name to carry as well, like Mick Schumacher does. But Max is really coming to the, into this as the next generation driver, like uh, I guess you could say Hamilton did behind uh, Schumacher or Alonso. It's it's the next gen, and you know, Hamilton's not going to stay around forever. And Max is going to potentially take a handful of titles uh, before he retires himself. It is a, a great, a great year so far. When we see how ruthless those two have been, as well, it, it's it's been interesting. I mean, two very different teams, two different, very different 
seen bosses to different engine units, uh, supplies, the power unit supplies with Honda versus Mercedes. And it is really, you know, the the odd couple and the old against the new. And I think the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, Max is coming into this with like, okay, it's my time to shine now. Lewis has had seven runs at it, and it's maybe, it, I don't know, Max may say, look, it's his time for Lewis to step aside. Um, and one question I know you're probably going to ask is, what, what was my take on Sunday night's incident with the turn into turn one, two there at Monza? I I was there with my 18-year-old son, and he just said, Dad, what do you take of that? And I said, well, I look at it as a racing incident. I, It's a really tight corner there at Monza. Um, the, the way I see it is that you know, Lewis had come out of the pits on cold tyres. Max was on hot tyres because he, he'd done a couple of laps. But at the end of the day, I, I can't see Max's argument for saying Lewis should have given him the space. It, it's diminishing amount of real estate. Lewis should have gone first through the corner and then Max on the, on the warmer tyres could have probably nailed him at turn four anyway if he just waited you know, 30 seconds, it, it, it could have been a completely different story. But, you know, it is what it is. And it's one of those incidents we'll always remember. Like, you know, Schumacher and Hill at Adelaide in 94, you know, that cost Hill the championship. Mm. And I'm interested in how do you go about working through the comments? Because obviously, although it is a private group, you still have to be a bit careful with what people are putting on there. Look, we do, and through through the magic of technology, we've got um, some keyword alerts that notify us as the admins that you know when something is probably going a bit over the top or is uncalled for, we can certainly jump on it and potentially just knock it on the head a bit. Um, but some of the some of the stuff we you know we just morally filter and let it go, and I mean you know some language gets thrown around a bit, but that's just the temperament of the incident. You can say. Um, and that, that's where we, we make a judgment call and and just let it run. You also have been doing uh, videos with the, uh, with the group as well, and I was fascinated about uh, when we spoke and your collection of world flags. Yes, that's <laughs> my wife's demise. And every time the package turns up at the front door, she thinks I bought her something nice. Uh, but I, I usually... I've got a collection of flags from across the world for every race because I, I, I do a review of every race, which is um, posted as a video on the group called Durko's Notebook. And it's a bit of a satirical twist. I don't know if you've ever seen, sort of seen Roy and HG, the way they approach the football. It's it's a bit of me sort of being a bit sarcastic about F1 at times, but having a serious review of, of what goes on um, for that weekend's race and... Um, I sit at a desk with a microphone and a, and a phone, and um, I have usually two flags for that that weekend's race. Um, the national flags behind me, just as a backdrop, and you know, I've got a plastic tub full of full of um, full of flags. You also now have quite a network of F1 fans to draw their views on. Have you enjoyed? getting involved and seeing the conversations and how differently people can see the same piece of uh, television footage as you enjoy? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Like some people tend towards their favourite driver or their favourite team, uh, whereas it's, it's interesting to see some. You know, some people come with a real technical aspect. Like some people join the group, they just want the technical stuff. They want to look at the, you know, what different wing Red Bulls got this weekend or what new, um, you know, floor plan McLaren's got for their, you know, the MCL thirty two or whatever. Uh, but then you just get some people just coming just to join the debate for the race. But so, but there's a broad spectrum of stuff in that sense. But I, I just enjoy the, the camaraderie and the fact that you know we can all talk about F1 in, a, in an open platform and um, get along so well. What's been the most interesting topic and the most popular topic, if you like, that you've had since you've been doing it? And uh, I. I should say, what, it goes back to about 2012? Go back to 2012 uh, when I started the group, I think. The greatest challenge was always around the time of Nico Rosberg um, and and Lewis having any coming together, especially going to, you know, turn two or turn three, effectively there at Austria. That was uh, an interesting discussion and the fallout from that. We, we still refer to that. As the great fallout was, you know, the two weeks after that, the heated debate and discussion between members of who was at fault, was it Nico, was it Lewis? Um, and then they had that coming together, you know, later on um, in, a, in another race and they both took each other out. You know, it was just, it, it, there's always been some heated debate around when Lewis and, and, uh, and Nico Rosberg were, were teammates, but then, We've seen the compassionate side, like, you know, when, when last year when Grosjean had his, his praying, um, there was a lot of compassion within the group. Of, oh, wow, it's great he survived. Um, I mean, Grosjean probably wasn't the greatest F1 driver we've ever seen, but everyone felt for him and the Haas team and so forth. Um, yeah, so I, I think going back to it, the greatest time I've ever had to mediate uh, discussion within the group was whenever Nico Rosberg was... Um, driving the Mercedes against Lewis as a teammate. And we're hoping that we will see a, a bigger McLaren revival at the back end of this year, but politics and motorsport go hand in hand, and as we get ready for the Russian Grand Prix, there's no flags. That's right, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I normally put up a banner photo on the, on the group of the... the the next race that's coming with um, to, to just to signify what the next race is. Uh, and uh, I put up a white flag the other day and one person put a comment of, why, why have you put a white flag? And I said, well, that's all Russia can race under. And uh, going back to the flag story of a wife, she said, oh, there's another flag package at the front door. And I said, oh, that'd be the white flags. And she said, what do you think white flags for us? for Russia. And she went, oh, whatever. And I've actually clinics notebook I'll do for the Russian Grand Prix I've actually got two white flags to uh, to hang as the backdrop so I've planned ahead and I've even bought flags for Qatar if it ends up uh, becoming the next to be confirmed race later in the season with uh, Japan being dropped and obviously like all Australian Formula 1 fans you are uh, waiting and hoping that uh, 2022 you might be able to pull those flags out and do a notebook yeah, look, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, for twenty twenty two, that I can get the 
get the Aussie flags out again. Um, and and that, that's one thing that's great about the group is for the uh, Aussie Grand Prix, whenever we go to Melbourne, we, uh, on a Friday night, we usually have a bit of a funny session called an annual general meeting at one of the pubs in the heart of Melbourne. And uh, if we're lucky, we can probably get 100 members turn up and you know, there's uh, some money put on the bar and food supplied and we just have a general chit-chat and get to know each other as members face-to-face and the, the, the guys that go to the Melbourne Grand Prix really appreciate it. What's been the most remote location you've got a member from? Oh, good question. Uh, I've got a lot of members in... Finland, Finland's obviously Finland's full of them. Um, I think there's one member who's in Mongolia. Because I, I got a message off this guy one day and he said, oh, I'm a member of your group. And I went, okay, yeah, yeah, how could I help you? And he said, I'm just letting you know I'm, I'm in Mongolia. And I went, wow. And he said, yeah, there's not many office watch F1, but he said, I just stumbled upon your group and I uh, just wanted to let you know. And I went, well, mate, welcome to the group, you know, you, you more, more than welcome to stay and uh, appreciate the sport with us. Yeah. Well, if you are a Formula One fan, and particularly if you sit up late and watch it live, because there are so many options these days, unlike when you first watched uh, F1 and it was an hour delay and and uh, a very late evening. Um, now you can watch it live or you can watch it five minutes later or you can watch it the next morning yeah. and see the whole thing again. Um, it has changed remarkably, but the armchair experts live feed is where it really starts to uh, get a bit fun. Well, that's it, Craig. And, and you know, we, we have some good discussions and, you know, we, we question each other at times about certain racing incidents, but, um, yeah, we, we just come together as one big family on a, race night or during free practice or even quality and uh, just discuss the action that's before us. Well, Anthony, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you again and uh, we look forward to seeing more of the F1 armchair experts. And, of course, it is open to anyone to join the group and uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, very happy to see more people on board. Absolutely. Anyone's welcome. Just... uh Hit, hit the uh, Ask Join button and uh, answer a couple of basic questions just to ensure you're, you're a genuine F1 fan and um, come and join us and experience what we can offer. Anthony Durkins, thanks for your time here on Inside Motorsport. Thank you, Craig. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.